You're listening to AIB Market Talk with our latest financial market update. Hi and welcome to our Market Talk podcast channel. I'm Gavin O'Carroll representing AIB Treasury and in this special podcast we are exclusively focusing on Brexit preparedness for those customers that are now focusing on Brexit-related risks. For example, the UK land bridge risks for their businesses, even at this late stage in 2020. It still makes sense to get as ready as possible for the outcomes that Brexit presents. Today we are discussing Irish trade with or via the UK post the Brexit transition end. We have a lot to cover on the challenges for business and we are thrilled to welcome Catherine Moroni, Head of AIB Business Banking Markets and Oliver Mangan, our Chief Economist. Thank you both for joining us to find those nuggets of information to help answer the crucial questions affecting all importers and exporters across the island of Ireland. Thanks, Gavin. Thanks, Gavin. Throughout 2020, we have engaged customers and crucially kept a close eye on Brexit developments, bringing awareness to customers via publications, podcasts, webinars. And most recently, Catherine, you were heavily involved in that excellent Brexit Ready virtual event, which is available online for customers to rewatch. Yes, indeed. Covering exactly what we're going to cover today, probably in a a more concentrated way, Gavin. But it really is, as you said, time to act very much so now. And there are very definite things that will not be a waste of time that customers need to be doing right now. Okay, so after the transition period has ended in less than a few weeks, can you bring customers to AIB's step-by-step plan to get Brexit ready as the end of the transition period is so close? I will happily. So what I'd start by saying is to every customer who has any involvement with the UK, as you said there a few moments ago, whether they're importing from or exporting to the UK, or if they're just transiting through the UK, the first thing they have to do is say, where in my business am I exposed to the UK? And I don't mean that in a bad way, because they're our biggest trading partner and will continue to be, and we want them to be. But what we can't afford is for our customers to find themselves stuck somewhere as a result of issues that they could have controlled themselves. So that's the starting point. And it's perfectly understandable that our customers and businesses in Ireland have been 100% focused on COVID. But what I will say, no matter whether there's a breakdown in talks or a breakthrough in talks, no matter what the outcome is, there are certainties already around Brexit. That means our customers are going to be dealing with customs documentation at a minimum and administration and duties and possibly delays from Jan 1st. So leaving aside tariffs, which, you know, if we have a free trade agreement, we won't have tariffs. We definitely will have documentation. And I have heard people say, oh, they'll probably give us another transition period. And my advice on that is customers don't rely on a a hope factor because it's not going to be a waste of time. The only difference will be whether you need them immediately or you may or may not get some comfort in that regard. So the first thing would be not just yourself, but indeed your suppliers and sub-suppliers in your supply chain ask yourself, ask your freight forwarder, ask your agent, am I ready? Are you ready? And is there anywhere for my customer or for my supply that I'm going to be delayed? And where we come in then is, first of all, if in that customs chain, our customers need guarantees of any kind from their bank. And in the case of transit guarantees, they're obligatory. So if you're using the land bridge, really, I can't emphasize it enough. Start yesterday on that one. But also there's the indirect impact, which is don't forget about your cash flow. You might have everything ready. You might be ready and you might still be in a queue trying to get through a customs point. So have a think about your cash flow. Have a think about where you may need some short-term funding comfort, if you like. And we, and all the banks indeed, but we have all of the cash flow needs from short-term working capital right through to long-term if there are more permanent changes they want to make that they may need to finance over a period of time. 
And if you will indulge me, Gavin, I just want to mention, because I think a lot of customers aren't aware of this, but the government have put a certain amount of schemes in place with the banks that have been carefully thought through. So aside from the COVID ones they'd be aware of and the credit guarantee scheme, there's also very specific Brexit supports, and they range from one year to three year money. And the future growth loan scheme, which has been very well utilised, allows for up to 10 year debt. But I think what's interesting for businesses who may be stretched at the moment is that up to a half a million of that can be unsecured. So sometimes our customers will say to us, look, I would like to borrow. They're a little bit concerned about making sure they don't stretch themselves too far, which is perfectly understandable. And we'll work through that with them. But to be aware that there's up to 10 year funding available there to give them that support that they need. And the second last thing I might mention is just it is worth a while going on and using our Brexit ready check, which they can do in five minutes on their mobile phone. It's not a substitute for their own deep dive, as I've just described there. But what it will do is give them pointers, like a quick diagnostic as to the questions and potential answers for themselves. And one thing I might mention then finally, but I think yourself and Ollie are better placed to talk about the detail of this. It does surprise me how many of our customers are prepared to run foreign exchange risks still. And I think today's performance in the sterling markets are an example of that, that they would just think about their foreign exchange exposure and where they might be exposed and start to think about that and manage themselves through that, particularly in the short term. And the timing of your comments there about currency, I'm just going to bring Ollie in because there is an urgency about our message to customers of all institutions, all banks in, in the country today to deal with the Brexit readiness and preparedness of their own businesses. And as you said, Catherine, that they contact the freight forwarders if they haven't got the capabilities themselves. Ollie, just to bring in from your awareness of what's going on in the markets, Euro Sterling is the first touch point and the litmus test of what the markets are thinking. What's your feel at the moment? Well, in recent days, and we're now into area December, a lot more volatility has crept into the exchange rate. We saw the euro fall over the course of October and November as expectations grew around a trade deal. So we have been trading around 93p in September. It fell all the way down to 89. But in the past couple of days, we've seen it rise back up to the 91p level as doubts grow around whether we get a trade deal or not. There is incredible uncertainty at the present time. It is very disconcerting that so little progress has been made in the negotiations in recent weeks. And deadline after deadline has slipped by. And, you know, the reality here is sterling is going to move significantly in one direction or another, depending on what happens over the next, it could be over the next couple of weeks, it could be over the next couple of days. We have seen before that at times of stress, our crisis, sterling has the capacity to fall very, very sharply. We even saw that earlier on the year at the height of the COVID crisis, uh, sterling fell by around 10% very, very quickly. We saw it in the aftermath of the Brexit referendum back in 2016 when the result was unexpected. We saw it going back to the start of the decade and the, at the time of the financial crisis, sterling absolutely collapsed. And then it can stage very strong recoveries. So we're at, at the present time in early December, moving up to the 91p level. Given the way sterling can move, it could fall all the way to parity if we don't get a trade deal. On the other hand, it could rally, maybe the euro could fall back towards, let's say, 86p if a trade deal materialises. We are hearing different soundings from the UK and the EU side, but certainly on the EU side, they're beginning to say, you know, it's make or break time here, but they won't pull out the negotiations, but they won't concede major ground. And from their point of view, there's even suggestions that they might be prepared to continue on the negotiations, even into the new year, and not have any trade deal. So we could see tariffs arise, we could see the disruption 
trail and the negotiations continued. So anything is possible at the present time. And that heightened uncertainty is really unnerving the foreign exchange markets. And sterling is swinging about on the ebb and flow of information in regard to how the talks are progressing. As you said, like we touched off a low, you said 10%, it was it was 84p effectively we were down at back in February as as we were all waking up to the COVID crisis as a country and as the economy was, was suddenly facing into the un, unprecedented lockdowns in, in late March. Early this year, we went from 84 to 93 in the space of a week yeah. and then it rallied back again. So I can't impress on people enough the volatility, particularly in sterling. You know, it's not like the euro or the dollar or the yen, which are very, very large global currencies with large economies behind them. There's always a scope for extreme volatility around sterling, even Brexit aside. And taking Catherine's question just from a couple of minutes ago to me, actually, in this instance, on the foreign exchange side, you know, customers can engage the bank in terms of looking to have more certainty around their foreign exchange import and export trade flows. There's normally a portfolio approach that my teams and teams in the dealing room would actually take towards customers managing their hedge and managing their trade flows in terms of the currency sides. But the bigger picture on this, Catherine, going back to you, is that they're facing into the queues at the ports on either side of the UK entrance and exit points. And as you said, and I think I'm going to come back to Ollie on this in a couple of minutes, that we're facing into a scenario where there's a deal, but that's not the soft Brexit that we all spoke about 12 months ago, 18 months ago, or there's no deal. And that's a very serious proposition. So, what would you say at the moment that customers could do now in these weeks running up to Christmas to help them get ready? I think that's a very good question. I think the very first thing I would say there is take the actions, first of all, that you know you're going to have to take anyway, because customers are so stretched for time at the moment. And, you know, they're already dealing with COVID and hopefully a Christmas rush of customers in their door now, be that, you know, online or in person. And and that also applies in fairness to suppliers into those businesses. So even if you're a manufacturer, you have the situation where your customers are going to be seeking your goods from you. And I would say, the most important thing right now is to take the time out to put the things you, you can for certainty in place. So you finish with foreign exchange, I might start there. That idea that you match fund your flows and you go on then to see, do you want to lock in? Like, if you think about it, if a supplier of a good to you said, look, I'm not going to be able to tell you how much I'm going to charge you. On the day, I might fluctuate my price by up to 15%. That's not a contract you'd be comfortable to put in place, that someone would have the license to change the flow of your own profitability and your own cash flow on your business. So I think some of the reasons people shy away from this is the foreign exchange is full of jargon, if you don't mind me saying so. And But the thing is, it's the job of the experts to get in behind the jargon. And your role, Gavin, and people like you, is to make that really straightforward and transparent for customers. So I would say take the time out and have a look at our FX center online and all the assets that we have up there or call your team or the 32 Brexit advisors around the AIB system. They're all up there. You can see them all on our website. But take that time out. Step number one, think about your own supply and sub-supply chain and where it might impact you. Step number two, make sure you have all of your customs needs because they're going to be mandatory in place. Step number three, make sure you have your cash flow sorted. Talk to us if you need cash flow. That is absolutely fine. We have a whole suite of supports there designed to help customers through this difficult time. And I think this is a very difficult crisis than the one we had 10 years ago, where everybody understands these are external forces and we're all standing ready to help 
get our customers through this together. And then the final thing I would say is, if in doubt, have the conversation. Speak to us about whatever it is you think you need, because the only reason you want to be in a queue is a reason you haven't caused yourself. The last thing you want to do is get to the land bridge and find you didn't have your documentation in order. I, I, I envisage a situation where the only people who will be getting through there are the ones who've done everything they need to up to this point. And you don't want to be that person. You want to have everything ready to keep your business flowing and your cash flow flowing. To inject a little bit of optimism into this, I mean, you know, for the other major crisis of 2020, the COVID crisis, the vaccinations that are coming in quarter one uh, and maybe even before Christmas as the UK went and approved one of the big vaccines in, in recent days and are rolling it out rapidly before Christmas. And you'd expect the country in Ireland and European nations to follow suit quickly. There's a sense of optimism for the potential for a recovery, Ollie in quarter two, quarter three, H2 next year. But equally, with the Brexit hat on, as we're speaking about this today, the consequences of even a deal are still quite significant for businesses importing and exporting out of the country. They are. As you say, growth prospects have certainly improved for next year with the arrival of vaccines. Now, we'll see how quickly they're approved, how quickly they're rolled out. But certainly, we did see quite a strong rebound in activity in the third quarter of the year. But it got stuffed out, obviously, with the new lockdown, etc. But what it showed was that the economies had the capacity to rebound. And I would say as well, we've seen a phenomenal build-up of private sector savings, not just here in Ireland, but elsewhere this year. And once we can get business back to normal, we have a rollout of the vaccine, economic activity resumes. There's certainly pent-up demand there and pent-up funds which can fuel a recovery in economic activity. The impact of Brexit, I think if we get a trade deal, there still will be a lot more bureaucracy around trading with the UK and there will be costs. But be spread out over time, I think business will adapt to that. The real concern is if there's no trade deal and we see tariffs imposed and particularly in products that we export to the UK of the agri-food sector, and I think that will be a major concern for those industries. I also think if we don't get a trade deal, it could sour relations between the UK and the EU. And that would not be good in terms of the movement of goods between the two jurisdictions. So the, the expectation is that a no trade deal outcome would front front end the shop much more so into the early part of next year in terms of increased costs for businesses tariffs, possible quotas, making some export sections of the economy just uncompetitive in the UK markets. So that would be a far more serious consequence. It won't derail recovery in economic activity, but it certainly would slow it. It's a bit like COVID in a way. I mean, COVID has impacted some sectors of the economy very, very hard. Others have performed pretty well. And we can think of our export sector in particular, including our agri-food industry, the pharmaceutical sector, the ICT industries. I have had a very strong year, but other sectors have been hit very, very hard. It'll be the same with Brexit. It is those industries and those firms that are exporting to the UK that will be hardest hit. Other sectors won't be that much impacted. But overall, it certainly would lessen the recovery in economic activities that we would otherwise expect next year in the Irish economy. Catherine, just to pick up on the comment you had there about the foreign exchange markets and jargon, I mean, you have a great line in recent weeks. What race can a company not afford to buy or sell payables yeah. or receivables? Exactly. I mean, I, I call that your break-even point. And, you know, you can work that out. and You know it in your business in, intuitively. So, so I would say the really critical thing is know where that is and talk 
to your team about that, Gavin, and make sure that you have that in place. The other thing I might say to you, just you, you asked for the, the optimistic side of it there, and I think it might be worth, in, in our conversations with customers, if I may, Gavin, it might be worth mentioning a few other things we've seen customers doing. They've been hugely pragmatic, even through COVID, the way they have behaved with regard to those who look for the deferred payments. You could almost guess the sectors that needed them most. So there was a very sensible approach to all of that. But a couple of things that might be worth customers hearing as well that our customers have been telling us they're doing is many of them have decided they're going to go direct. So if they're not actually doing anything other than using the land bridge through the UK, many of them are deciding, okay, for that part of my business, I'm going to go direct through Rotterdam or through Dunkirk. And indeed, many of them, speaking of Northern Ireland, have set up branches or offices in the north. Others have decided that they're going to put supply into mainland Europe to cover them for any time delays that might happen. We have a lot of customers who've done that, have taken up warehousing. And then one other really interesting piece that we've seen them doing is pivoting out and deciding not to reduce their business with the UK, far from it, but more to find other customers and other markets. That's more of a slow burn, but there are many of them that are doing that. So they are being very pragmatic about hedging their bets, not just on their foreign exchange, but also spreading their risk in other ways to make sure they're as ready as they can be. So there's a lot of that activity going on, which is very positive. So strategically, customers making sure that, you know, there's been a lot of stakeholder engagement from Enterprise Ireland and government supports and so on to investigate and let customers look at new markets. And then to your point also about the land bridge that customers we've seen as well, yes, either go around us or go over, fly in. Uh, yes. Or fly out your product. So it, it is an incredible time that customers are having to deal with the twin crises of COVID through 2020 that most of us were only aware of from late January, early February this year. But Brexit has been coming at us since 2016. So, Ollie, if you think about big risks next year, and I'm, I'm, I am thinking Brexit, but above that from a market perspective, what would you see as the big risks? Well, I think front and centre will be how successful the vaccines are in terms of overcoming COVID-19, how quickly they are rolled out, how successful they prove, the extent to which they lead to a relaxation, all those restrictions we have seen at the present time. Are we still going to have social distancing in particular? So, I mean, if you look at the work done by the OECD or the IMF, that is front and centre in terms of their thinking. The concern they would have is that not to be too pessimistic, but this is the deepest recession we've seen in 2020 since the early 1930s Great Depression. And I know there's a lot of government supports out there, etc. But a lot of businesses now have been closed for most of the year and may well be next spring or early next summer before they get a chance to, to reopen. And that was the second concern we, that we have what's called scarring effects, long-term scarring effects hold back the pace of recovery. What that means is that businesses simply are not able to reopen. They've run out of cash. We could see permanent job losses. So given that this has been such a deep recession and we've had at least two waves and possibly a third wave early next year, that that could have long-term negative impacts in terms of the sustainability of businesses and permanent job losses and also damage to confidence. So that would be something that's highlighted by the IMF and the OECD as a risk in terms of something that would hold back a strong rebound in economic activity. So there's an urgency, going back to your first point, about the logistics of getting the vaccine into the population and the society reopening as much as possible and as quickly as possible. 
Absolutely. That is front and centre. And I think Michael Martin here has said, you know, that this is absolutely will be the major work or objective of the government for 2021. And it's the same elsewhere. It's been very hard to manage the COVID crisis, but if a vaccine is available, how quickly you can roll it out, that there aren't bottlenecks, etc., and that you can get the economy moving. So I think governments are fully aware of how important that is. If customers are just listening to this today and, and, you know, mulling in their heads the concerns that they have, just to cover off the foreign exchange piece, I mean, in our experience of serving business and corporate customers, some combination of products can be the most prudent way for you to hedge your business FX requirements rather than choosing any one single product. The mix of products can also change depending on your own business circumstances over time. As we've said on many of these special Brexit-related events throughout 2018, 19 and 20 this year, please reach out to us. Please reach out via our website, FX Centre, or look at our email address, business.treasury at aib.ie, or indeed just phone into our dealing room desks. They've been fully operational throughout the pandemic as well. Catherine, I'm going to bring you back for the final words. If you were giving businesses weeks out from Christmas these last few moments on what you'd say to them about the Brexit supports available to customers, what would you be saying? I would just say take the time out to look at your business and make sure you fully understand where you could be impacted in terms of your supply chains. That's the first and foremost thing. We've been getting ready for four years. If they need something from us, all they have to do is contact us and, and we will support them. But step number one is make sure you know where you could be exposed, be that customs, be that having the right admin in your business or having you know the right flow of your goods and services through your chain. And then finally, contact us. We stand ready to help. Sincerely, thank you to Catherine and Ollie for joining us today and all the team supporting these podcasts and webinars all through 2020. That's Catherine Maroney, Head of Business Banking Markets at AIB, and Oliver Mangan, our Chief Economist, bringing you insights to your business's Brexit preparedness. We hope businesses can push on with their plans to prepare for January the 1st, 2021. For more detailed information on this special podcast, please see the details and links attached. For the full range of AIB Brexit supports available to our customers, visit aib.ie forward slash Brexit. And this includes that Brexit ready check Catherine alluded to, to assess your own business risks from a Brexit perspective. You will find most useful and actionable information for your business on the website. Remember, we also have dedicated Brexit advisors, as Catherine mentioned, across the country who you can reach out to. Please contact your local branch or business centre and ask to be put in touch with these Brexit advisors. Check back for our latest podcasts and stay up to date on market developments by pressing the subscribe button to AIB's Market Talk on the podcast apps for iOS or Androids. And get Brexit ready. Thanks for listening to the latest edition of AIB Market Talk. Allied Irish Bank's PLC is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. First Trust Bank is a trademark of AIB Group UK PLC, authorised by the Prudential Regulation Authority and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority and the Prudential Regulation Authority. Allied Irish Bank GB and Allied Irish Bank GB Savings Direct are trademarks used under licence by AIB Group UK PLC, authorised by the Prudential Regulation Authority and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority and the Prudential Regulation Authority.